Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am in the home studio this morning. I'm recording this uh, very early in the morning. Um, As you guys may know, Israel is seven hours ahead of us, and I just got off of a Zoom recording call with Rabbi Jeremy Gimpel, and so I'm excited to let you guys listen to the conversation that he and I had. Um, I just got to say that uh, I have a great deal of respect for um, both Rabbi uh, Jeremy Gimpel and uh, Rabbi Ari Abramowitz and what they're doing over there at Our Goat Farms. Um, they are uh, or Orthodox Jews, uh, what we would consider, I guess, modern Orthodox Jews um, in the land of Israel, uh, in Judea, on a uh, on a mountaintop there in Judea at a place called Our Goat Farms, and they are. Um, you know, they're really fulfilling prophecy and they're bringing people together in the process. And so um, our conversation was mostly about uh, the reconciliation of Jews and Christians and how, you know, Jews and Christians can, without fear and, you know, looking towards God together, you know, kind of come together and work towards their common goals. Uh, and I think that that's, that's a, a major piece of this. And, and at the same time, not compromising their faith. Um, or, or their, you know, quote unquote brand of, of faith and in, in what they believe, but, but focusing on what they have in common. So I think you guys are going to enjoy this interview. I hope that, um, you get something out of it. And, uh, if, uh, if you have any questions or you need anything, my email address is Ryan, R Y A N at to praise.net Ryan at to praise.net. And uh, I'd be glad to answer any questions or, you know, connect you guys, however, um, you would want and, uh, and go from there. So, uh, hope you guys are blessed. Enjoy. All right, guys, I'm very excited that I am here. Uh, well, I'm not here, but I'm, uh, across the world from Rabbi Jeremy Gimpel. He's all the way over at Aru Goat Farms in uh, the land of Israel in Judea, uh, a Jew in Judea. And um, we are, uh, we're just excited. Thank you so much for, for, for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah awesome. So, um, you know, one of the big things on our heart that we talk about a lot um, that if, if, you know, our listeners hear from us is the reconciliation of Jews and Christians. Um, and I think a lot of times the question is, what does that mean? How does that work? Um, I think, uh, people, because of the way that they've been taught, um, to look at, uh, religion and spirituality as a whole, that they get an uneasy feeling about, you know, how do I come together and pray Jews and Christians together? Or how do I, you know, come together and study Jews and Christians? Or how do I work together towards common goals with somebody that, that maybe I don't, doctrinally agree with necessarily. And I think that um, maybe we, we put the cart before the horse. So I know that you have recently started a fellowship um, and you've got people from all over the world, uh, many different backgrounds. Um, why don't you just kind of give me an intro to that? Tell me about that so that our listeners can, can hear about it. Yeah. Um, so it's called the Land of Israel Fellowship. And uh, it was inspired in the middle of this coronavirus that uh, groups weren't able to come to the Arugot farm anymore. 
and I wasn't able to teach the audiences that were attending. And for about two or three weeks, I was just praying and seeking of like, what's happening in the world? It's so confusing. Like, where are we being guided and what are we supposed to be doing? And, you know, so many of the prophetic promises have been fulfilled um, in our generation, the return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel, the revival of the Hebrew language, the Israel's economy, Israel's military, the revival of the land. I mean, the Arugot farm just five, six years ago was just a desert. And you yourself helped plant about a, a hundred some odd trees uh, when you were there. And like it, all of it's happening. And there is this next stage in the prophetic process that uh, a light goes out from Zion to the world that the righteous among the nations are called out of their own nations and attach themselves to Israel. There's a beautiful vision that Zechariah has. It's in the eighth chapter. And it says, The ten men from the different languages of the nations will take hold of the corner of a garment of a Judean man, saying, Take us with you, for we have heard that God is with you. And so, I, I, on, I was inspired by that vision. Uh, here I am, the last Jew in Judea. We're the deepest settlement in Judea. And I said, what would it look like instead of, if we can't bring people to Judea, could we bring Judea to the people? And so I said, oh, I'm just going to put out this idea that we'll start this fellowship where the Jews from Israel will be broadcasting the Torah to the world. And whoever wants, we're opening up the gates. Come on and join. And so Jews from all different backgrounds, from inside Israel, from outside Israel, uh, Christians of all different colors and shapes and sizes. I mean, we have one Catholic None. I mean, she looked, you know, with the whole headgear that we're able to see on the on the sessions, and um, all out of nowhere, people from 28 different countries, um, out of thin air, just materialized out of out of out of what seemed to be like a, just a miraculous occurrence, and um, it seems that that's a restoration, not just of reconciliation between Jews and Christians, but it's a restoration of the divine order. That the vision is that the nations will realize that the Torah is beautiful that the Torah is good and the keepers of the Torah. I lost you there. Uh, are the Jewish people, can, you know, kind of throw us into their churches on Sunday or convert or die. The Jews held on to the Torah for 2000 years until we finally made it back to the land of Israel. And the reason we held on to the Torah was for the nations that one day we knew that a time would come that the righteous among the nation, those ten men among the nations, would grab hold of the Jewish people and say, all right, it's time to build the kingdom. We know that God is with you. We want to walk in your ways. We want to sort of live a more biblical lifestyle, a more Judean lifestyle. We want to know the truth. And so we're sort of, I feel like we're on the cutting edge of the next prophetic process of not just reconciliation, but really the restoration of the divine order that the Jews, instead of Christians trying to convert Jews and trying to bring us into their churches on Sunday, they're saying, wait a minute, the Ten Commandments, this Saturday is the Sabbath. And, well, what is the Sabbath? We don't really know anything about Shabbat. And they're, instead of trying to convince the Jews of one idea or the other, they're actually coming to the Jewish people to learn. And in that place, there's a real restoration of allowing the Jewish people to be a priestly nation. What did the priests do? God calls Israel a priestly nation. That means that in the Messianic era, all of the world, the righteous in the world, they become a macro-Israel. And within Israel, there's a priest. And what are the job of the priests within Israel? They're meant to bless the people and teach the people Torah. And so within the divine restoration of 
the relationship with Israel in the world. If Israel are the priests, what are we meant to be doing? We're meant to be teaching the world Torah. We're meant to be blessing the world. And so in some small way, this fellowship is the beginning seeds or the first rays of that sunlight of a new day of uh, Jews and believers from all different backgrounds coming together to learn together, to grow together, to pray together. It's really just beautiful. Yeah. You know, um, I always say this thing, and, and I might have even gotten it from you guys. I've been listening to you um, podcasts and, and videos and stuff for uh, years, and I told you that kind of before we started recording. But, um, you know, one of the things that I, I've always said is that people that are seeking truth are going to find it. Um, I think that there's something inherent within seeking truth that, um, you know, we come to common conclusions. And, you know, and, and I think that another piece is um, – and, and this is kind of part of, of what, what my heart is, is I don't, I don't think anybody's asking anybody else to stop believing the way that they believe. I think that that's part of the issue that we have is, is that people think that, oh, if I do this, then I'm going to have to change X, Y, Z, right? Put, put their, you know, their, 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 whatever, their sacred cow up on the, the altar. Why wouldn't we want to seek truth together and, and discover what that brings together. You know, the importance for Christians to focus on Israel, to focus on Jerusalem, um, you know, I found some, some verses uh, here recently that were pretty cool. Pastor Nick actually was reading these the other day as well. And it's in, uh, it's in 1 Kings uh, chapter 8, and this is where Solomon is dedicating the temple. And in these verses, he, he, I'll just read them to you real quick. It starts at verse 37. It says, if, there's, if there be in the land famine or pestilence or blasting, mildew, locust, or there uh, be caterpillar, if the enemy besiege them in the land uh, or the cities, whatsoever plague, whatsoever sickness there is, what prayer and supplication soever be, be made by any man or by all thy people Israel, which shall know every man the plague of his own heart, and spread forth his hands toward this house, talking about the temple. Then hear thou in heaven your dwelling place, and forgive and do and give to every man according to his ways, whose heart you know, for you, even you only, know the hearts of all the children of men, that they may fear thee in all the days that they live in the land, which thou give them unto our fathers. Moreover, concerning a stranger... Okay, so here, here's the cool part. So... That sounds pretty generic. It's Solomon's prayer. Um, it sounds very Jewish, but, but here's where it kind of takes a turn in verse 41. It says, Moreover, concerning a stranger that is not of thy people Israel, but comes out of a far country for thy name's sake, for they shall hear of thy great name and of thy strong hand and of thy stretched out arm when he shall come and pray toward this house. Hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for, that all people of the earth may know thy name, to fear thee, as do thy people Israel, and that they may know that this house, which I have built, is called by thy name. So I just thought that was, was cool, because I think sometimes the question is, and, and you'll hear doctrines within Christianity like the, where are the temple of the Holy Spirit, you know? And, you know, it, there's a lot of... I want to say quasi-sarcastic remarks that I can come up with to, to, to help them turn themselves towards Jerusalem. But I think verses like these, they say, hey, look, the nations are going to come. The stranger is going to come to the temple because they've heard 
about God's name being there. Um, there's one more set of verses that I found. It's in uh, Isaiah chapter 2. And you actually kind of alluded to this in what you were saying. It says this. It says, And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. And many people shall go and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways. And we will walk in his paths for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So, you know, this is the, the prophets. These are our prophecies that we're waiting to have fulfilled, you know? And I think that there's two, two mindsets, and, and you can kind of give me your thoughts on this. I don't want to take up all your time. There's a thought process that, hey, you know, God said these things in the prophets, so we're going to wait around for them to happen. And then there's, hey, God said these things in, in the prophets, and we as, as his stewards, as his participants, as, as, as um, part of his kingdom, so to speak, we should be helping and participating in its fulfillment. What do you think about that? Well, I think I want to talk first just a little bit about the vision of the house of prayer for all nations. That's what the temple is defined as by the prophet Isaiah. Yeah. And you see that in the initial dedication that Solomon has, it's dedicated towards the stranger that's from far off countries. And what I found so beautiful is that um, Christians can come out to the Arugot farm and we can have the entire afternoon in debate, in discussion, in arguments, and trying to understand different perspectives. And the truth is Jews love the debate. We love the questions. We love trying to seek out deeper understandings. That's, we, just, we love that stuff. But at the end, um, to end in a prayer, and then imagine for just that one moment, all of us are just praying to God. All of us are just connecting beyond the debate and beyond the conversation and beyond the, the argument. It's like that. it's not a house of Torah for all nations. It's called a house of prayer for all nations. Yeah. And because in that place of prayer, when we just want to connect to God, can have, connect our hearts to uh, um, you know, our Father in heaven, all of us are his children. And so that's so important that you know, maybe people have fears about what they w w want to believe or don't want to believe or sacred cows that you mentioned. Ultimately, we just want to come together in prayer. That is the ultimate vision of Jerusalem, that people from all their different backgrounds and their ethnic backgrounds and their cultural backgrounds and their religious backgrounds. And in our fellowship, there's people from Japan, from New Zealand, from South Africa, from China, from all over Europe, Jews, Christians, Catholics. It's just like all of us have different understandings. All of us have different relationships with God. And in the moments that we have a chance to pray together, none of that stuff matters. None of it matters because all of us are on different journeys. All of us had different parents. All of us had different religious upbringings. And as David brings up the, the Ark of the Covenant in the book of Chronicles, he has a prayer. And it says, happy are those who seek out God. And I think that's really the key. As long as people are seeking truth, seeking to draw closer to God, seeking to like develop a closer and more intimate relationship with God, then what, could, what, what is there to fear? You're just pursuing and seeking out him. And if you're seeking out good, then only good can come of that. And I think that that really also touches now on the next point about prophecy. The Jewish people have a very clear view, and I think Israel manifests that view, that prophecy is not something to wait around to be fulfilled, but it is an invitation for us to participate in the miracles of God. It's an invitation for us to take part, to actually see the map, to see the road, 
towards redemption and then say, well, as a part, a loyal subject to the king, how do I play my part in bringing this vision to material? How do I bring this manifestation on earth? The prophets gave us the vision, and now it's like the greatest gift that we have a chance in our lives to somehow figure out a way to um, serve God in the highest order, to fulfill his dreams on earth. And that really is, I think, the purpose of prophecy is to give us that vision that we can walk out in our own lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the keys to, to both of the things that you said is mutual respect. Um, you know, I think that all around the world, you just see the strife of people that have different ideologies, religious, political, whatever. Um, I mean, in America right now, there's just absolute lawlessness in the streets in many major cities. Um, anger and frustration and people just expressing those things in an unhealthy way. And, you know, we can, we can focus on what we're against. Um, and I think that, you know, like, for example, for us, uh, we, we believe in the relevance of Torah as Christians. That's kind of a weird thing. We, we celebrate the Sabbath. Um, you know, again, that's something that's outside of the, you know, quote unquote orthodoxy for Christianity. We, um, you know, we keep the feast days, right? We celebrate the feast days. All of those things are, are kind of strange. And we can spend our time telling people why they shouldn't do, you know, church on Sunday, quote unquote, or why they shouldn't um, celebrate the quote unquote pagan holiday. We could spend our time doing those things. And trust me, there's a lot of people out there that do. Um, but I think that our time is better spent um, focusing on what we're for and, and bringing the vision that God has given us to manifestation, as you mentioned, in, in reading the prophecies and finding how, how we can participate than, than fighting some battle of, of ideologies. And I think, you know, Jews and Christians as a whole have so much in common, um, you know, not to the least of which is common enemies, right? We have common enemies to say the least. Um, but we also have uh, a lot that we can do as far as focusing on the land of Israel, the restoration of the land, Jerusalem, the temple, all those things, right? Um, I, I remember, you know, I've always, I've always been a, a quote-unquote Bible-believing Christian, right? And it's probably about seven years ago that I, um, you know, I discovered the Feast of the Lord, then I discovered the Torah, and it's been a, a journey ever since. And I think everybody's on a journey, and there's somewhere along the journey, right? Um, and, uh, you know, I always understood that the land of Israel was important. Um, and I've always had, you know, probably a seed of, of love for the Jewish people in my heart. But I, there was a video I watched of you one time, and it was, um, it was you and Ari, and you were going to the Temple Mount. And you were, um, you guys stopped and you did a mikvah um, on your way up there and everything. And you were going up there. And, you know, ultimately you got arrested on the Temple Mount. So I, I'm sure you remember because you were there. Um, but I, I remember watching it and it's just one of those moments, you know, there's, there's people that believe things and it's academic. It's this idea up in the cloud, so to speak. And then there's people that believe things and they really believe it. And I remember watching that video of you and I remember just, you know, it kind of culminates at the, at the end there with you just prostrating yourself on the temple mount towards, you know, what would have been the temple, um, which should be the temple right today. And I just, I broke down and I cried. I remember I just wept and I go inside the church and I'm talking to, uh, to pastor Nick and I'm like, what are we doing? We just, we have these, we make this joke about purple chairs. We have purple chairs in our, and with extra padding in our sanctuary. And I'm like, we just sit in purple chairs. That's all we do. We think we're doing something, <laughs> you know? 
And, uh, you know, it was, it, it was kind of a click moment, um, you know, for me that just said, man, Jerusalem is important. The Temple Mount is important. Um, God's dwelling place among men, right? We can talk about the Holy Spirit and, and, and all of these things in, that we do in, in Christianity. We talk about the Spirit of God that, you know, we pray and we receive from God. But wouldn't it be awesome to see the manifest glory of God in his dwelling place in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount. I mean, I just, anyways, that's a little, little story um, of when I saw your, your video. Um, the, uh, so for, for people that want to seek you guys out, how would they find you? Um, how would they come to Argo Farms? Obviously right now, you know, the borders are closed to, to tourists, but when everything opens back up, what, what's kind of the process for people to, to reach out to you guys? I think right now the call to action, especially because this isolation has created us uh, kind of a turning to the virtual. Um, so many Jews and so many Christians, they don't even feel comfortable going to church or synagogue now because uh, who knows, someone might next them might have Corona. They might get coughed on. I don't know. There's yeah. some places where they've just been, the, the places have been shut down. Yeah. And so I found that the land of Israel fellowship right now is really a place that in our isolation has brought unity among believers. And I think that that's really a beautiful word to focus on. That doesn't really matter, you know, if, if you're uh, this kind of a Christian or this kind of a Jew, just believers. It's time all believers come together now because at the source of these riots in America, at the source of these statues that are being brought down, it is ultimately an attack on God. And so now believers in God, believers in morality, believers in living your life with love as the driving force and not hate. Um, believing that you can really tune in to an inner voice inside you, being directed uh, in a relationship by God. It doesn't matter what denomination you identify with. Ultimately, it's just believers that need to come together. And what brings us together, ultimately, is the Torah. And so the Torah going forth from Zion, from Judea, the Land of Israel Fellowship, um, is just... It's a marvelous platform that's bringing believers together from all over the world, and it's growing every week. And so I would encourage people to come and check it out. You go to thelandofisrael.com, and there's just like a, you know, click on the link there, and you can find out more about it and register to the next live session. It's every Sunday um, at 6 p.m. Israel time, and then those live sessions are recorded and sent out to the group. And it's about the size right now of David's army and his mighty men. It's a really beautiful size. Yeah. Um, that can re that's, that's about the size that God likes right around Gideon's army. There's like a certain size that is just big enough to change the world. And so we're really setting an example of what it is to have reconciliation and restoration and what it is to really be believers coming together in Torah and in prayer. So if people want more information, www.thelandofisrael.com. Awesome. All right, well. Jimmy, thank you so much for your time. I, I greatly appreciate it. Obviously, um, I may have mentioned this to you before, but uh, we started this podcast inspired by you guys. Listening to y'all, we're like, man, you know, there needs to be something where where Christians are are getting the Torah, you know, from from it is it is it's awesome. So um, I greatly appreciate it. If um, if you guys want to reach out, as he mentioned, thelandofisrael.com, uh, I think slash fellowship is where they can go to register for the fellowship um, and and go from there. So thanks so much. All right. Shalom. Shalom.